Hello, hello, hello. Another evening, live and loud. Guys, great to see all your lovely faces again. Awesome, awesome. And um, we are ready. So this is a session that both myself and Charmaine, it's very dear to the heart to us. Absolutely. And, and the topic is how to get the best investment property ever. Full stop. Exclamation. Exclamation. <laughs> so make sure Absolutely. you take plenty of notes in this session because this is really going to set you up um, in identifying the right property for you. Absolutely. And um, you'll notice in the chat, guys, We've got the uh, the download of the tonight's workbook, which is really important to have. Make your notes, get really super duper clear, um, ask questions, how to get the best property. This is always the best. This is one of my favorite, one of my favorite topics, guys. You guys are going to get some gold nuggets out of tonight's session. So make sure you're all ears, ladies and gentlemen, all ears. Okay. So let's get started. So I'm going to share with you my screen. All right. We always have to start with this because this is the legal mumbo jumbo that we have to start with. So, um, and this is obviously from George. So this is George saying, I've become incredibly successful at investing in property. The fact is, however, many people find investing in property very challenging. It's not easy and it takes a lot of hard work where it comes back to the fact that if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. You need to become educated to make an informed decision having the right advisors in order to succeed. It's important to understand that the information we share or George's information is of general nature only and it's not taking into account your unique circumstances. So guys, we're being very generalised on this level. Once we get into you know, working with people individually, realistically, I always say everyone's like a big Rubik's Cube and our job is to depuzzle you and get you all on the same track. So absolutely. Um, absolutely. And if you're considering investing as an asset class, you need to seek the advice of independent professional advisors who are able to look at your specific situation. Be sure your advisors actually achieve the kind of results that you're seeking for. Many won't have, so beware. We've taken great care in putting these educational resources together and would be surprised if you find any areas or omissions. If you do, our legal team say we're not responsible for those. In fact, as with all of our things, even your success, it's not our responsibility. Your responsibility is your own. So that responsibility always has and always will come down to you and the actions that you take. We are passionate about supporting you in that process and helping you increase your ability to create wealth, live the life you desire and provide all the things you dream for you, your family, yourself, people you love, the family you choose. That's what it's all about. I love it. All right. <laughs> Guys, great subject. Pens ready, questions ready. Um, Charmaine, I'll get you to just keep an eye on the chat room as well. So, guys, this is an open open forum. We want you to get the most out of everything here tonight. And um, let's get rocking and rolling. So, guys, how to get the best investment property. Oh, we talked about this last night, and I can't kind of stress it enough. It's all about the right checklist. You can't – you've got to take a lot of this stuff out of your mental RAM because if you try and keep it in your head – 
and do check off checklists, there's always something you're going to miss out. And it doesn't need to be about property. I've got a checklist when I go interstate. I've got a checklist when I go overseas. Little things like making sure you've got those little connectors when you're in a foreign country and you're trying to charge your phone. Because I can tell you, I've been there. It's not nice. <laughs> so happy days. So we need a checklist. So guys, let's get stuck into it. My favourite, due diligence. Guys, I need a bit of an interaction just to make sure you're all live and loud there. We've got live ones on the other end. Let's pop in the chat. What do you what do you think is involved when we talk about the word due diligence? Your own um, research. Great. Absolutely. Fantastic. Good stuff. No, knowing no, what you're getting yourself into, capital growth. We've got transparency. Great. Great answers coming through, B. Uh, checking everything, vacancy. Absolutely. 100%. Doing what you can on your side. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Good. I like to know that our little group here is thinking. We love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. So guys, we're gonna we're gonna just divulge and go into really deep dive when it comes to due diligence, because there's a lot of things that go into due diligence when it comes to a property. So mm -hmm. let's keep going. So most importantly, what we've got to do is understand the DSR. Does anyone know what a DSR stands for? Oh, it's already there. Damn. <laughs> I've already <laughs> given away the price. I've already given away the answers. Demand supply ratio, okay? Mm. Understanding. I'm, I'm going to give you a prime example. You want to be buying in high growth, high DSR, high demand supply ratio, which means you want to be buying in areas where everybody wants to rent, but there's not many rentals, all right? Very, very important. And you've got to understand the demand supply ratio. And usually when I say, you know, me personally, one of the things is, you know, a big no-go zone for me is massive, big dust bowls. And when I say mm -hmm. dust bowls, I'm talking, you know, anywhere between three, four, five, six thousand blocks of land that are all going in different stages. The problem is everyone's buying, then everyone's building. And if you're in an area where, you know, 50% of them are end up being investment properties, I mean, now what have you got? What, three, four thousand blocks of land and now you're trying to rent 2,000 in the same development at the same time, that is a prime example of too much supply, not enough demand, okay? And that would be a complete no-go zone, all right? So understanding DSR in the area, this can be, we can actually do research on this, and this is really important that you get your figures right before you buy the property. Does anyone know what MCT stands for? And I can definitely tell you guys, it ain't the MCT you put in your coffee. I'm going to say it's not the oil. <laughs> it's not the oil, absolutely. So, guys, what does MCT stand for? If anyone can give it a bit of a crack. Remember, George is going to be watching this straight after. He'll know the, the, the people that contribute. It might help you get top of the list for some of those books that he wants to give out. All right, I'll take it as nobody knows. So, guys, it stands for market cycle timing. Very, very important. So, realistically, uh, monkey chasing turtles. <laughs> I love it. David, 
You're going to be fun in our program, I can tell. You've got a good personality. <laughs> guys, MCT stands for Market Cycle Timing. George talks a lot about in these videos, and I'm sure that at the end of the day, if anyone out there who's been following George for a while, he actually talks about market cycle timing. And really what it means is every state of Australia has different property clocks. And what we've got to do is look at that property clock and ideally, you don't want to buy in a peak market. And a peak market is a 12 o'clock market. Because the reality is if you bought at a peak market, it's the top. And the reality is you can't have a market that just keeps on growing, growing, growing. Impossible. Doesn't happen. So what happens? It hits a peak and then it corrects. And then it goes on a straight line again. And then it goes up again. So when's the best time to buy? You don't want to buy in a peak. You don't want to buy in the at the, at the correction, guys, we want to get you at the beginning of the growth cycle, which is the recovery, which is 7 o'clock. So you get all of that amazing growth. And that's where you want to grow, buy properties. So ideally, guys, we want to buy in a 7 o'clock market. Welcome to MCT, market cycle timing. All right, next, you really need to understand the vacancy rates. This is an important one, very, very important. As an investor, you want a low, low vacancy rate in that particular suburb. Correct, absolutely. And, I mean, I suppose the reality for you, Charmaine, you do a lot of the due diligence on a group level, showing properties, all that kind of stuff to our members. Um, you know, realistically, you know, what what's the questions and queries that most people go through when it comes to vacancy rates? Uh, what we're looking at is, is what the vacancy rates actually are, what percentage of um, properties in that particular suburb are vacant. And one thing that I found in all of our uh, properties in the areas and the suburbs that we're purchasing in, the top 100, you've got under 1%. They're very, very, very low. And that gives you, as an investor, the confidence that you're not going to be you know, in an oversaturated market waiting to actually find a tenant for that particular property. And because our vacancy rates in the suburbs that we're purchasing are so low, members are getting into getting uh, tenants within their properties within a week to two weeks of settlement. And that's really important too for your cash flow to ensure that once you settle, you've got a tenant lined up. And in some cases, some of the tenants we've got, the amount of applications that are coming through, like it really does give the landlord, yourself, the owner, um, a really good option to choose who you want in that property. Vacancy rates are very, very important. You really want to make sure that you're not buying in a suburb where there's lots of uh, vacancies. Absolutely. Fantastic. Love your work, Charmaine. So, um, look, one of the things, if anyone remembers, George was actually going through in his original slide when he was actually on his day one, one of the things he brought up is we've actually got 1.7 million immigrants coming to Australia and they're going to need places to live. And I can definitely tell you, they're not coming to Australia straight away and buying. They're actually going to be renting a lot of these. And you're not even, you've got to take into consideration that not only do you have the immigrants, you've got population growth. So people moving from different states, taking different jobs, but also mm -hmm. you've got all the university people that, you know, that are moving out of uni at the family home and they're wanting to rent with their friends and go to college or university. So you've got a massive market. So it's really important to understand before you buy in an area, what is the vacancy rates? And it's really easy to get that information as long as you've got the right research. Okay, let's keep going. So we're going to do a little 
few things on the list and we're going to go down this list and one of the big things that we look for is a good strong depreciation schedule all right so um is there anyone out there that doesn't know how a depreciation schedule works so i can give you a really quick idea but if everyone knows i'll kind of move on all i need is um a little bit of an indication in the little um in our chat room to let me know i don't know okay great david no, no idea, idea. Okay. I think we cover it, B. I think uh, the, the audience have, uh, have spoken. Absolutely. So I'm going to give you a really basic idea of it, and then we're going to incorporate it into um, property. So, guys, imagine you guys were all farmers, and you're running a business. You've got your farm. And on that farm, they had a – no, I'm not going to go into the song. And on that farm, you've got things like tractors and machinery and all this kind of stuff. So as a business – you can actually depreciate those tractors because most of that stuff is actually getting depreciated. It's wearing down. So the reality is you'll be ready to buy something else. It's kind of the same concept, but we're doing it with property. Now, here in Australia, if you buy a brand new property and you rent it out from day one, guess how much, how much tax deductions you get. Can you see that? A big fat zero. Nada. If you buy an older property, it's already depreciated. All right. So again, you're going to get zero tax deductions. But here in Australia, if you get a good brand new property and you rent it out from day one, welcome to 40 years of tax deductions. Now, the first 10 years are really aggressive and that's where we want to focus on the first 10 years. So the whole idea is what we want to do for our members and what's available, as long as you know the loopholes and how it all works, we want to get good, strong depreciation schedules for our members so then we can start getting big tax deductions. Now, what's the what's the discipline? You don't want to be like most stupid Australians who go out and spend it on the top four things. Are we ready? Cars, handbags, holidays and jet skis. Not on our shift. What we're going to do is we're going to get that money and we're going to reinvest it. And that's going to help pay off the property. So that is the reason why it's good to have depreciation schedules. Hopefully that makes sense, guys. And another well, great reason for a depreciation schedule as well is it actually helps you to reduce the amount of income tax you pay as an employee. So if you're an employee and you're earning, you know, over a hundred, you know, 130,000 a year and paying 30,000 worth of, of tax just as, just as an employee and as part of your income, having investment properties will actually help you reduce the amount you actually pay in your income, which is why a lot of individuals really want those brand new properties and those tax deductions because they want to lower their income tax. Hey, wouldn't it be, um, isn't it a great goal, not only to replace your income, but also look at getting down to zero income tax? And Double Anthony, tax. yes, a brand new property is better than an old house. Number one, like we said, because of the depreciation schedule and what you can depreciate and get back in tax deductions. And number two, it's the set and forget. You know, you're when it comes to repairs and so forth, you're probably looking seven to 10 years before anything needs to be repaired. And usually in the first 10 years, most of the, the, the property is under warranty as well. So we prefer that because it's a set and forget. You're not concerned about buying an older property and then, you know, having a dynamite go off and all of a sudden these repairs and things start breaking down and, and no warranties. It can become quite costly. Absolutely. And so the whole idea is it's about getting those new properties and, 
ideally the next step is and Kaz you brought up a question how hard is it to get a new property as a first property without waiting for builders to build um, that's why you've got to find the right network that gets properties before they go to market and it's really important now you've got to realize as well we are in a rental crisis and a housing shortage so right. the whole idea is it's you, you still might have to wait a little bit but the whole idea is even if you're waiting for a property to be half built quarter built or start a build that property is actually going to be making money while it's actually being built because it's actually going to go up in equity. All right. And we've got a whole topic on this, but I can't go into tonight because otherwise we're going to go straight off course and I want to keep us to due diligence tonight. Right. But great question. All right. So depreciation schedules happy days so the whole idea is this is the kind of what we're looking for for a depreciation and that can really tell us exactly how much money we're going to get back every year you want to make sure you know exactly how much money you're getting back every year before you've bought the property makes sense right and then the reality is we can incorporate that in with your tax your um your cash flow calculator very important all right um, but the older properties come with more land, which gives us more capital growth. Not necessarily. And Not necessarily. And yep. also with that, you will find that a lot of uh, properties for rent that have got bigger land sizes um, aren't as easy to rent out. Most people these days are looking for low maintenance properties. So your townhouses are most desirable and house and land that has minimal uh, land because they just don't want to have to take care of it. They're, they're living busy lifestyles. But also if you are going to go on bigger land, the only reason that I could see that would benefit in, in larger land is if you're looking to subdivide and doing something along those lines. But if it's just for one house on a big land size, it doesn't necessarily always grow more than um, a house on a 300 square meter block or a townhouse, because it all depends on so many different various aspects of due diligence, which we are covering today. Today, fantastic. Okay, number two, rental appraisals. So again, never invent it into a pro property without understanding. Now. I don't really believe in guaranteed rent. I think that's, you know, we don't need guaranteed rent because if you're doing the vacancy rates and all that, you can pretty much work out with the right data what is the average kind of rental and what would you be expecting. However, what we need to do is actually get it in writing as well. Okay. And uh, you might want to elaborate on this as well, Charmaine. Yeah, it's great because it gives you an idea of what to expect from rent. Uh, what I've found in a lot of my due diligence of recent is that some of these rental appraisals are a little bit lower on the lower end. So by the time the property is rented out, they actually end up getting higher or more rent than usual. But they're a good good indication because we like to under-promise and over-deliver. So we want to keep it very conservative. So when we do our numbers in a cash flow calculator, we feel comfortable and confident to know whether or not we can hold that property, whether that property is viable for us. Absolutely. And look, the most important thing is get get your rental appraisals. But when it comes to actually crunching numbers, I always go underneath what is the average in the area, just so I can be really super conservative, under promise, over deliver. Happy mm -hmm. days. Okay. Breaking down of how to buy a house and land. So I'm going to leave this one up to you because you're so good at this and you've done it before, but I'll jump into it. Usually there's about five stages. 
Yeah, so the benefits of buying house and land is that house and land sometimes can be a lot cheaper to purchase than if you were to buy the same property already completed. So a lot of individuals may save anywhere between, you know, 50 to, to 100 grand less because a property that's already completed that's ex that is exactly the same uh, the the reason you're uh, paying a premium price for it is because the builder and the developer needs to make up for the holding costs that they've had to endure, you know, through the build process. Another reason buying house and land packages can be a, a good investment is that you're only paying stamp duty on the land. So when yeah. you're looking at doing your repayments, because, you know, on the other side of the coin, you know, a lot of individuals are a bit concerned, well, how am I going to afford to, to build or construct this property if I'm actually not getting, a, you know, rent coming through from a tenant. And the quick answer to that is that when you're getting a borrowing capacity from your mortgage manager, they are basing these numbers of buying a completed, you know, property. So as an example, if you're buying a property for 500000 and let's say the stamp duty is uh, twenty five thousand. They're, they're basing that five hundred thousand on a you know paying stamp duty of up to twenty five thousand as an example. But when you're buying house and land, you're only paying stamp duty on the land. So let's say the land is only you know one hundred eighty thousand. Therefore, your your uh, stamp duty may only be five thousand. So that 20000 that you've saved is what your mortgage manager will put aside and start to use towards your repayments. Now, depending on the interest rate, depending on you know, whether you're structuring, whether you're doing a 20% down or 10% down, um, will depend on how long that $20,000 will last in your progress repayments. Because with a house and land, when you're drawing down from, from the loan, you've got these five stages. So you're not paying the full construction loan for the full purchase price. You're only paying repayments on what you're drawing down. And when you sit down with your mortgage manager, based on what percentage and the amount for each of these five stages, they should be able to give you really good projections of what your repayments are going to be throughout the construction of the loan. So that helps you to look at those repayments and go, well, can I afford it? Um, and that helps you to make that decision. And when you are buying house and land, you're going to be waiting the same amount of time for capital growth on house and land as you would a completed property. Yeah, so for a lot of individuals, correct. So for a lot of individuals, they really love the house and land because they're, you know, they're making their their buck um, last longer. And one really great thing I just learned today from an accountant is that, and please make sure you check with your own accountant. So this is not financial advice on any shape or form, but with house and land packages, any of the, the, the debt that you've incurred in the construction, let's say you've incurred 10,000 because you know, it's taken 10 to 12 months to build. When you go to sell the property in the future, 10, you know, 20 years time, you can actually take that off your capital gains tax. And I learned oh, wow. that uh, today from an accountant, which is great. So you might not rip the rewards of those construction payments from a tax perspective, you know, in the first few years, but later down the track when you sell, they will take that amount off your capital gains tax, which is a, a great little win there as well. Absolutely. Dean just came up with a question. What happens with interest repayments during the build process? Can you claim them as a deduction without having a tenant? 
Well, no, that was what I was just saying. So no, you can't. But where you would claim that is when you're looking to sell the property in the future because that, that money would um, absorb uh, some of the capital gains tax. So if you've got a capital gains tax of 140000 and during the bill it costs you 10000 10, in interest repayments, when you do your capital gains tax, you're taking that 10000 off. Mm, absolutely. Um, okay, great. So let's keep going because I want to keep going on due diligence. Um, we've had a question, um, how do I get knowledge about approval for extensions? Um, yeah, we're, we're not an extension company. We're here as an investment and freedom through property and also creating financial freedom. Um, I'm not sure how that would work with an extension on an old house with big land. That's, there's lots of strategies out there, guys, and um, we're very laser beam focused on what we do because we've got a lot of members and we've got to look after them. So I can add to that, though, quickly, is if you are doing an extension, I would see and speak to an expert to find out whether or not you can get a small depreciation schedule for the amount that you've actually invested as the extension. Not all extensions will get a depreciation schedule, but you might get a little bit if you're using that property as an investment property. You wouldn't be able to do that as an own occupier. Correct. And you've also got to seek a professional and a coach to actually look at the extension you're doing because all that money and effort might actually make absolutely no difference to... Correct. You might overcapitalise. You might overcapitalise. You spend money thinking yeah. you're going to get it back because you're going to, but it doesn't happen. And we've seen that happen in the past. So it's right. really important that you, you know, you, you, you dot your I's and cross your T's before you run out and spend all that money. Cause absolutely. I've seen it. absolutely. Yeah, I've seen it as well. Let's get back to due diligence kids. We're going off topic. All right. So bro back to number four, brochure of development. So look, depending on, you know, where you're buying or what you're doing, and this can vary, obviously this is totally we're trying to be pretty generic because, you know, George, I know he gets properties that are sometimes already built. We've Some are half built, some are just starting. But mostly, you know, we're talking about, you know, what you should be looking for with your list of due diligence. So the other, the one we're looking for is the brochure of development. So in that brochure, it's going to be showing you things like, and you can see it's a little bit small on this side, but we've got things like supermarkets and shopping centres and where the proximity is. You've got the housing estate. You've got a whole range of different things, dining, you name it. So you can see there almost looks like a bit of a kind of like a, like a, a Centro or a West, West, like a Westfield or something along those lines. Very important with the parks and everything around. So, you know, you want to know a little brochure of development if you're buying in kind of like small developments. Very important. Okay, so if you're buying a property, you want to know what the list of inclusions are. Because remember, we are buying new property, so we want to know what's there. So the most important thing is, you know, it's actually going through and getting all of the inclusions. Did you want to add to this? No, absolutely I do because this one is a bit of a, a grey area and can be smoking mirrors, particularly if you're looking at properties on realestate.com. What you will find in the inclusions and, and what we look for uh, in, in for members in our properties is full turnkey. We want to make sure that all the inclusions enables members to settle on the property and have tenants move in. And a lot of properties that you see on realestate.com, yes, they have an inclusions list and they say the price is like 550000 But if you actually scratch below the surface, you will find that it doesn't have 
all the full inclusions to enable you to settle on the property and have members move directly in. Even sometimes they advertise and say full turnkey, but if you read the fine print, it says from. So you think you're paying $550 for a property and by the time you make your call and do your due diligence, you find out that it's going to cost an extra ten grand for landscaping. Then on top of that, you know, for your roller blinds, another 3000 Then on top of that, you're still paying for, you know, little little things like uh, clotheslines and letterboxes that aren't inclusive. So that $550 has now come up to like 620 So you really want to make sure that the inclusions are clear and that it's full turnkey because you really want to simplify. You want to buy, settle, tenants move in. You know, yeah. you don't want to be, and you want the, correct, correct. So please make sure you really check this through clearly. And one of the things that we make sure for our members that they have all the inclusions right from everything that you're kind of seeing on here. But most importantly, another one is landscaping as well, making most sure important. that's all done. So there's a lot involved and ideally going through this with a bit of a fine tooth comb, making sure that everything that you need is in there and you're not going to be paying extra. So that's a Correct. good one. Um, we've just had a question just come through. Where do we need to invest money? New apartments, new houses, shops or land? Where can you get more profit? So um, I'm not sure whether you were in the day one for this, but George actually went through this. Um, so um, I'm not sure. Did you see day one? Were you listening or um, you might want to just add, were you around for day one? Yeah, you were. Okay, yeah. great. So one of the things that George really looks for, he looks, we're not looking at apartments. We're not looking high rises and we're not looking units. Give you the heads up, newsflash, we've got a housing shortage and a rental crisis, but we don't have an apartment shortage. The other thing also is what George is looking for is new homes and townhouses that have got backyard, front yard. So he's mm. looking for that. And he's looking in the top 100 suburbs in Australia. So realistically, new homes, new townhouses, shops, not so much because that's commercial property and you probably won't, they're already established and you probably won't get any depreciation and it's more commercial. And land means you actually have to develop it, which means you've got to go get your builders and you've got to get council approval and you've got to get all that kind of information. And is it in the top 100 ready to go? So they're the kind of things you've got to kind of consider. Um, so hopefully that answers your question. House and land, houses, townhouses, that's it. Okay, site map. So again, um, coming back to the fact that making sure you're looking at things like we've got community facilities, any type of future elites, displays, you know, you need to see all this kind of stuff beforehand. And these these um, are not always what we're doing with our due diligence, but this is just an example, just so you get a bit of an idea. All right. Can I get a list of the top 100 suburbs? Absolutely not, unless you become a member. All right. What it comes down to, I love your question, but at the end of the day, if George gave out his fishing spots, there'd be no fish left. They are only <laughs> reserved. They are only reserved for our members only. And when they become a part of the membership, they don't want to give those out either. So thank you. No, thank you. We don't give out that. But we can give you a list of the no-go zone suburbs. Yeah. Out, of, out of the 1,600, if you want the bottom ones not to invest in, we can definitely provide you with that because that's something that George likes to give out each year. Yeah, and that actually helps you to kind of, I suppose, narrow in on where you would potentially buy because you know exactly where we're not buying. Absolutely, 100%. Number seven, pictures of the property and the renders. So 
you know, getting a bit of an idea of, you know, what the property is going to look like um, and all that kind of stuff, you can get this provided. They might already be built. I know for, I know Charmaine, you, myself, if they've already been built, we've actually got people on the ground in every state of Australia where we've actually been able to go there and get videos and photos as well as look at kind of brochures so the members can actually see all this kind of stuff. So the reality is it's really good to get a bit of a visual as well. Absolutely. Next is number eight, floor plan. Okay, so having a bit of an idea. So guys, at the end of the day, you know, we're looking at kind of family homes. So ideally, if you're looking at family homes, I mean, this is a luxury um, townhouse. So we've got bedroom one, bedroom two, bedroom three, there's a family area, ensuite, and then obviously you've got all the living, very open planned. It's got to look attractive that people are going to want to live there. And look, the great thing about it is if you're dealing with quality builds, which are obviously George, with 35 years in the game, he does up to 80 hours of anyone that wants to show, 80 hours of due diligence on any builder or developer or someone who wants to present George properties for his members. So he is very, very thorough um, and he wants to make sure that we're getting quality properties that are going to last the length of time and stay modern as well. Absolutely. And George doesn't de delegate that role to anyone. That is his number one role. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, the more you get to meet George, you realise that he does actually care for his members and he wants to make sure you get the right properties so you can leverage in the future and you can stay, you can keep, you know, renewing your membership and being a part of our community for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Number nine, the settlement process. So obviously making sure you understand we've actually got a 21-step checklist, okay, and we go through every little step with our members and it really comes down to just being really informed really understanding of every little step you know what the deadlines are involved the due diligence meetings the contracts the signing of the contracts guys this is just a snippet but ideally we do provide all of our members and we go through a 21-step process and it is so thorough can I tell you there's not you're not going to miss a step and do like 19 and then go straight to 21, you have to do every little step. This is yeah, why, George, sorry. I was going to say, this, this is really a, an amazing checklist because what it does, it helps the individual to know exactly what step they're at in the settlement process from the time they do an expression of interest all the way through to settlement. And we do have a, a beautiful, amazing woman, Billy, who is our client success manager. And she actually walks our members through every one of these steps. So not only is the individual responsible for taking action, but they've got a client success manager supporting them to make sure they hit those deadlines. And it makes it really clear, you know exactly what happens when you hit that deadline and you know exactly what's going to happen if you miss it. So um, it's really important that you just cross off every single step so that you know exactly where you're at. And so you hit those, especially those financial deadlines, so that you don't lose the property because you miss a deadline, you lose out on the property. Whereas if you've got this, it keeps you on track. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. What price should we go for building house and land ratio? Okay. Well, um, if you listen to the day one, George looks at, he's looking at top 100 and he's looking anywhere between 350 to 550, depending on the borrowing capacity of the member. Um, in regards to building and land, building to land ratio, it's not about the size of the land, guys. It's about where it's located. Because you can have a big block of land somewhere, but 
are you going to get 20 families applying for it in the first hour of the ad? I don't think so. You've got to look at the DSR. So I suppose that question you've just asked is um, it really depends on where you're buying. So realistically, I've got, you know, I'm going for my seventh property. For me personally, I've got townhouses that have got a backyard front yard and I get just as much return from properties that have got maybe a little bit bigger backyard and are in a different area. But they're all, the most important thing is they're positively geared. Okay, number 10, data report. Okay, so guys, this is where the real nitty gritty, where the rubber hits the road. Um, and George spends a lot of money on research every year. He subscribes to independent data companies so he can work out, obviously, you know, the top 100, the no-go zones. He looks at economics. He looks at job creation. He looks at government spending. He looks at a whole range of different things, immigration, population growth, all that kind of stuff. And number 10 is the data report. So realistically, when we're looking at a data report, we need to look at things in the area. So number one, or not number one, but just on this list, is you really want to know what the HIP score is. And the HIP score is, you know, really about, you know, how how it's kind of great for younger families. Um, you might want to elaborate here, Charmaine, as well. Yeah, it's just like how HIP, how trendy an area is. Like, like I don't know other states as well as I know Victoria, but like Carlton... St Kilda, Fitzroy, it's known as a real hip area because of the the restaurants, the the alternative therapies and things like that. And actually draws more crowds in and actually brings more people to want to come to that suburb. So, you know, in in Queensland, you know, like, you know, Surface Paradise would be like a hip area because everyone, tourists, everyone's going there for the restaurants, the the atmosphere, the surf, the swim. So it really comes down to how how hip and trendy that particular suburb is. However, yeah. when we do a due diligence report, you know, we do have a score here of 7 out of 10, but we actually go into a lot more detail as to what that score makes up so that we're really clear on how that number became a 7 out of 10. Absolutely. Um, we've got things like family scores as well. So that would obviously, you know, talk about the schools in the area, um, you know, uh, child yeah, fertility rate. Like we, we want to know what the fertility rate is because families will or couples will move to a suburb purely based on, yes, the schools and the resources that are available to them, but with a high fertility rate, move to a suburb that they feel that they would like to begin a family in. So some of these things are very important. Absolutely. Then you've got affluence score. Now, this is where people kind of get hit for six with this because obviously affluence score, they're seeing three out of ten thinking, wow, that's not very good. But this is the reality, guys. I'll give you an example of a 9 or a 10 affluent score. Probably Turak. Now, the challenge is Turak in Melbourne, the minimum house price is probably about 10 million. All right. So ideally, you want to look at an area with a lower affluent score because it's got the ability to actually grow and become affluent. And that just comes down to the quality of people that are coming into that area. Very, very important. So affluent score, when we see that, people think, oh, my God, it's low. I don't want to buy there. But it's like, no, 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 you don't want it a 9 out of 10. Because if it's a 9 out of 10, your minimum house price is probably about 3, 4 million. And that is not the type of properties you want to get for your first investment. Absolutely not. Would you like to add to that too, Charmaine? Absolutely. Now, 
affluent score three out of 10 is only great. And what it shows us, providing all the other scores are above six, if we have an affluent score that is low, it's showing us that we're buying in the right market cycle timing in that particular suburb. Because if all those other scores is at six and above and your affluence is a three, those other scores is actually what pushes the affluence up. And that affluence is where you're going to ride that growth curve so that you gain capital growth for that particular property. And like Belinda said, if, if, if you're buying a property at 400,000 with an affluence score of three, if that affluence score was already a nine or a 10, you're probably paying double the price for the property by the time it hits nine or 10. So it's not the right market cycle timing. Now, sure. if that affluence score was a three, and let's say the hip score was a two, the family score was a three, you know, three, and all the other scores were below six, then again, then we're not buying the right market cycle timing because we need all the other scores to be six and above that's actually going to push that affluence score up. Absolutely. So people do make a little bit of a trip when they see that, but once you've got it explained and you've got the data behind it to back it, and that's really important because these are just kind of topics and kind of headings and we kind of really dive deep behind these so yeah. we understand what that seven or what that 10 means. Okay, lifestyle scores. So, you know, that can be things like, you know, cafes, um, you know, gyms in the area, um, we could keep going. I mean, um... yeah, just just a, just how easy it is to have an amazing life. So how close all the amenities are. Yeah, bunnies, absolutely. Hey, guys, this is my in-house joke to all my coach, all my members. If there ain't a sausage sizzle in the in the area, forget it. I'm not buying. <laughs> if it doesn't have a good sausage sizzle, forget it. Absolutely. <laughs> Lifestyle scores as well. Yep, we're going to get through to that, guys. You're, I love that you're offering that, but we're going to get into that. But look, definitely lifestyle scores. Um, convenience scores. So that comes down to things like good roads, good, um, you know, getting off freeways. Uh, we're looking at things like convenience. Um, we're looking trains, commuting to and from the city, buses, you name it. Um, we've also got, yep. Tranquility scores. Thank you so much. Someone wrote public parks. Absolutely. So realistically looking at making sure we've got parks, but also you'd be surprised, even trees in the street. Because mm. remember, if you're an investor, right, the people that are renting, they want to live in nice areas. So yeah, ideally, you don't want to yeah. buy in a dust bowl where there's no trees. No, no one wants that. No, and tranquility is also how much the council is spending in that particular suburb to maintain the parks and the gardens to make it a really beautiful suburb and very inviting suburb, not only for its residents, but future buyers and future uh, renters. Correct. And we've also got, so after tranquility, we look at communication store, scores. So that's making sure you've got good, strong internet in the area. Now, it's getting better as the years have gone on, but I can definitely tell you guys, I know members who bought properties before they met us and they bought in areas where they're in black spots. Mm. How many tenants are you going to hold down if you haven't got proper internet? It's going to drive them crazy. And I can tell you, if you've got a family home with more than a couple of kids and they can't have internet, you're not going to keep tenants. So that's what we talk about, good, strong communication as well, 100%. Absolutely. And community scores, so making sure we're looking at things like, you know, um, long-term residents. We're long also residents. What about um, sports facilities, gymnasiums, yeah. 
Um, who, got, who volunteers in the area as volunteers. well? All that yeah. kind of stuff as well, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, we've got all that kind of stuff as well. So, guys, this is just a bonus. You know, look, we, as a, as a coaching company, we've really got to dig deep. We do up to anywhere from 50 to 60 slides of data. We've only shown you 10 with, mm. you know, these small ones on board. So there's up to 21 points of due diligence just on one property. And guess what? Guys, if you don't do your due diligence, you shouldn't buy the property. So there's no point going out and buying, you know, buying it and then doing all your due diligence. It's too late. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, so we're just going to quickly talk about a few of our lovely members um, and just kind of show you where they've kind of gone from. Look, this is Dwayne and Eva. They had one family home when they joined our program. Um, they were really working hard. They didn't know what to do or how to invest or how to get started. Um, but we ended up getting them a profit, property and they made a profit of $15,000 in the first six months. All right. And today's profit... Just within one year, they've made equity of 180,000 just of equity. So amazing result for these guys. And we might be able to go into it as well. Maybe not. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. there we are. Oh, don't you love people? Yeah. Here we are. Say we already got our property. We Rent it. Never really looked at this before and education was quite good. It was a pretty unknown situation, but then we could actually find out that there were certain ways that um, to do this safely with good results. Pretty quick we got our property and, and it's all looking good. Um, we can't wait for the second one to come. Well, positive. <laughs> and it has the potential to keep going up, happy to, to have the guidance and to have the support. Thanks, positive property. Yay, some happy members there. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Isn't it great when you've got people behind the scenes? Because one thing, guys, I don't claim that um, I'm a tech person, that's for sure. So um, I don't, I'm old school, guys. When George told me, when Dan Andrews put us into lockdown, George is like, Belinda, you have to lock up the office. You're going to have to do Zoom. I'm going, what? A video call? Are you kidding? And I had to be taught, like, I was back in the olden days of how a Zoom works. Now, guys, we ended up having a record year of memberships over that whole COVID because everyone was stuck at home. It was unbelievable. All right, um, let's go back into my slideshow. We're nearly finished, guys, and then we'll sit down and do a bit of Q&A, and I think we're ready to go. So um, Alicia and um, Gary. So the great thing is they moved from Dubai. They wanted to create additional passive income. They didn't know where or how to start to invest. Um, Alicia is actually behind the scenes as one of our golden people that work behind the scenes and works as George's EA. So not only did she start on the program, she actually is now working with us as well. And uh, she supports charity Save the Children. So they got a property and their first profit was actually $86,000. So that was a great result. And um, and then that's just recent, so that's today. So that's their first property, just um, in the last, what, seven to eight months, and we're already talking about getting her second property. 
Yeah, well, I've actually had a conversation today with her and uh, the mortgage manager because I'm now Alicia's coach and we're looking at buying another one in the next three months. So already doing an equity release on that property as we speak. So it's very exciting. Well, I know this slide was done probably a few months ago, so she's probably gone up in equity already. I'd be, you'd yeah. be right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She's made a lot more happy days. So guys, your homework, okay? You don't need to scan it, but um, look, I want you to just really get this to sink in. What does DSR mean? Okay. If you want to just pop it in the chat, you can. What does MCT, all right, mean? And what's the vacancy rate? What's it all about? If you want to kind of add your two bobs worth, please jump in or we can jump to the next stage and pop in the chat. What was your number one takeaway from tonight's session? Oh, we've already got people getting gold stars. They're filling out the little stuff. Market Love it. Market cycle timing, market cycle timing, demand supply ratio. Look at that. Love it. Well, We've got some good listeners and learners in our midst, which is great. And what that says to me, guys, is you're definitely coachable, which is what it's all about. Guys, what's your number one takeaway from tonight's session? This is where um, you can give us some feedback, guys. Um, you know, what did you get out of it? Um, you know, what did I you learn? What did you love? <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, it's good for us as well because good checklist. Yay. Awesome. That's awesome. So, guys, um, loved it all. That's great. I hope you get the most out of it because, like, guys, we want you to – this is – I really believe everyone should have at least one investment property. Now, obviously, we can't have every single person in the world having an investment property, but even if we could just have one, I know that wouldn't happen, but ideally – the more idea, the more people that we look after and the more people we can reach out, um, the more information and content. Um, it means we're making a difference and we're helping helping people as well. Absolutely. So we've had some good answers there. So the importance of the holistic approach to property selection, all the information, AA, beautiful, all good, capital gains tax, what the accountant said, fantastic, awesome. Guys, look, I'm just going to open up my little diary if you want to scan. Um, there was a few questions that were kind of asked um, before and obviously it can be very specific and um, it can be very much based on your own situation. If you do want to have a little one-on-one -on -one with me, I'm going to open All you got to do is scan that. Um, the other thing is if you go to... The link's in the chat. You just need to click on that. Guys, I am filling up pretty quick. We had um, we had over 30 people already registered for a one-on-one, -on -one, so I'm absolutely flat chat. But look, um, the reality there is um, just get into um, the link booking and try for something next week. Nicole wrote, what type of properties do you purchase? We've already covered that. That was already covered in the session. And what happens in the one-on-one? -on -one? So the one-on-one -on -one is a chance for us to sit down and look at your current situation and to see whether we can actually help you, okay? That's the one-on-one. -on -one. And, guys, I'm very honest. If I can't help you, I'll tell you, but I'll give you as much advice and guidance to do what you need to do to go out there and look after yourself and play it safe. But if I can help you, obviously I can show you a bit of a game plan of what you should be doing,
Remember, this is all about creating financial freedom. It's the light at the end of the tunnel. It's the chance of actually building something that is going to be able to create a life on your terms. That's mm. what this is all about. That's 100%. right. Putting yourself back in the driver's seat of life and wealth creation. Absolutely, absolutely. So, guys, it's great to hear that everyone got a lot from our takeaway. Got to love a bit of due diligence. That's what oh, I love about. it. I don't know well, how I'm going to say it, but it's my sexy talk. <laughs> it's sexy talk for the coach over here, absolutely. Oh, absolutely, because when you get really clear on the numbers, the due diligence, it really puts you in a space of confidence in your purchase. And I love it when individuals can look me in the eye and go, wow, I feel really confident about this this purchase. And it enables me as a coach to be able to sleep at night but not worried about my members because I need to sleep at night and make sure that every single one of our members is taken care of. Um, and if you're doing this on your own, you want to be able to sleep good at night as well. So make sure you get that, you know, you do, you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, do extensive due diligence and research before you buy. Absolutely, 100%. 100%. And there's two good things I love. Due diligence, the double D's, and the other double D is a designated driver so I can have a drink. Believe it <laughs> I love um, it. Guys, if you want to find out more about your own individual situation, um, do you need to own already? Um, okay. No, you don't. Okay. Um, we've got a lot of rent vesters, and if you understand what rent vesting is, um, we do. George coined the phrase, and we talked about that. That was actually on the Today Show with George um, in our first session, day one. There's nothing wrong with rent vesting. Now, people say renting is dead money. But there's nothing wrong if you're renting and you're investing as well because then you're renting where you want to live but you're buying where you're making money. Nothing wrong with Correct. that as well. Yeah. Okay? And sometimes you don't get the best of both worlds. You know, where you want to live versus making money in that particular suburb doesn't always align. So rent vesting is a great opportunity and a lot more rent vesters now than what they ever were. Absolutely, 100%. And, guys, with that said, we're going to love you and leave you. Thank you for being a part of our special night for due diligence, one of our favourite subjects. And um, I believe George will be taking tomorrow, which will be great. Woohoo! And And we've got some great giveaways on Friday. So get excited for the end of the week. Happy days. George is going to be Mr. Generous. And, um, yeah, so hang around and, um, yeah, keep think those questions happening and um, we'll see you tomorrow night. Happy days. Bye, everyone. Have enjoy your evening. Ciao. Ciao, ciao. Live. 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 Live.